Well, I always said I would never do these video chat um, versions of the podcast. I always like to be in person. I always like to be in the tap room in front of the person, being able to look at them, uh, really, really get a feel for the place, especially if I've never been there before. But we are living in in, uh, odd times right now. So it wasn't really an option for me. So I, I decided to try to make some quarantine content. Uh, for fear of just lapsing and and not giving you any content uh, at for Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. So I reached out to some people, and uh, as usual, Mike Palin was, was, was willing to play guinea pig in my little experiment here. So we fired up the old Zoom meeting, uh, put some microphones on. Mike, Mike you'll see, has a headset. Um, this... This will be available um, through my my Facebook uh, page as well, through Average Joe's and, and my personal page, Joe Bobby. Uh, you'll be able to find it there. Uh, I started a, I've had a YouTube channel, but I never use it. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it hopefully with these Zoom chats. So the video version of it, if you want to see us and some of the participants uh, in the group, you can go see it. It's really good quality, actually. I, I'm really surprised at how good it is and and how it does kind of edit itself by switching screen to screen um on who's speaking i mean it's mostly just mike and i talking we do let some of the uh the people just kind of watching the zoom meeting get in there they ask questions via the chat and then sometimes we'll unmute them and let them speak if they like uh, but yeah it was a it was a really cool experience mike and i had fun we did about an hour and a half uh, mike was at the brewery um, charlotte by his side and, and the, the brew crew there working on a on a rare sunday brew we just wanted to kind of talk, see how this thing works out, keep everybody connected, talk about how breweries are handling this, how microphones handling it, what they've got coming up. Uh, just, you know, the normal stuff, just babbling like, like I do on the podcast so often. So it was a really cool experience. And like usual, please uh, do me a favor and, and follow the podcast. I mean, you have nothing but time on your hands now, right? Uh, you have time to leave five-star reviews on iTunes and the podcast app. You've got time to, to go back and listen to some episodes, uh, you know, those big three-hour marathons that maybe you haven't caught up on yet. Uh, since you're sitting in quarantine, have a beer while you're working. Uh, listen to me in between your conference calls. So hopefully we'll get some more of these going. I'm reach out to a few more brewery folks, some tech-savvy folks. Hopefully, we'll get, uh, hopefully we can get everything, everything rolling here and get some real content up here. So um, without further ado, I'm going to give you over to Mike. And Oh, yeah, sorry. Follow, us on, follow me on Instagram. And that's uh, at uh, Average Joe's Beer Podcast. Um, and then on Facebook, you can just search above uh, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, all that stuff. So, yeah, check it out. And here you go, our first crack at uh, a Zoom meeting podcast. Hopefully you like it, and we'll be able to do some more of these with some different brewers. Cheers. So, yeah, feel free if you're a degenerate and you want to drink, drink. If not, I mean, I know Mike and the group are brewing over there. They're going to be busy. But, uh, but yes, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get rolling here. I just wanted to kind of give a look at the the new world right now and how some of the breweries are handling it around Chicago. So uh, Mike's always willing to be a guinea pig when it comes to these dumb ideas that I come up with. So <laughs> let's, let's check it out. So we're what, I don't know how many weeks are we in now? It feels like every day kind of blends together. Uh, so it happened the day of our anniversary party. So it was that May 15th, March 15th, March 15th. Yeah. So what is it? Three weeks right now? Three weeks. It's, it's about that time, right? Yeah, About three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, every, everybody that I talk to, it's like, we, we've heard a lot of the same stories around the industry and people saying like, we're fine now, we're fine right now. But, but, but those who are looking kind of down the road 
are looking at how long this thing's going to drag out, what we're going to be dealing with down the road, and when like the financial part of it kind of dries up and people are 10 million Americans on unemployment. It's like, when when does the panic button already get sounded or did you already sound it, man? Yeah, for me, it was initially I sounded it. I was like, oh my God, there's no way how are we going to do this operation without having people in our tasting room. Um, but then as, it, as the reality of the pandemic set in and understanding the severity of it, kind of took a breather and figured out a plan of how we're going to do this. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, we were able to adapt pretty quickly and kind of move into this. Let's brew a lot more. Let's package a lot more. Let's get more beer out to distribution. Um, and let's, you know, be creative with how we do to-go sales at the tasting room um, with on- online. I think we've kind of gotten to a pretty good groove right now of doing that. And we're, we're, we're working up against, you know, some, some crazy margins that we would be bringing in from the tasting room with the draft sales. Um, but we're, we're, we're managing to, to figure it out right now. I think um, realistically, my wife and I have kind of planned for June one as not coming back to reality. Um, so we, we, you know, we're just, we got another month of this at least uh, if not two months of this. So we're just trying to do everything we can. And thankfully our expansion you know, got wrapped up and we do have more tanks to go into um, without that, it would be, it'd be hard to kind of keep up with the demand of getting beer out there to kind of, you know, in order to, to meet the margins, we have to release a lot more beer per week, um, which also means brewing more per week. And actually here we are today, um, in the brewery, uh, although I've been here every day, every, every minute of the day, um, Charlotte's been here pretty much with me every day. Um, we are, we typically do not brew on the weekends. I try to create microphone as a family environment where we work Monday through Friday, nine to fives and get out of here. But with the circumstances that we're under right now, um, there's just not enough days in the typical brew week to, to fill our tanks up. So we are here today at the brewery. Um, I'll start walking around. We are making a beer called Ring Ding Dong. Um, it's a fruit ring inspired, uh, punch bowl inspired Berliner Weiss with lime peel, lemon peel, tangerine, cherry, and pineapple. Um, it's be kind of a fun beer. But here's the here's the brew house. So we're let's see if I can do this with my computer. Yeah, we're, don't uh, drop it in the in the <laughs> tank, please. <laughs> we're mashed in. It's it's pretty steamy, but yeah, we're mashed in. We're uh, sparging right now. Um, walk you back over this way. Transfer the beer over to the the boil kettle. You can see the where we at right here. There's some some work going into the kettle. Oh, so you're transferring right now. So yeah. you just mashed in early this morning. Yeah, we got in. I got in about eight o'clock this morning and moved it on over. So we'll come on up to the the kettle. There's yeah, ex- some work com- work coming in there. Explain to people like what your what your brew house and your kettle is compared to what like you know what would you say like ten out you know nine out of ten breweries nowadays are they have a brew house that looks like what you expect to see. Yeah, we are a glorified homebrew system over here. Um, <laughs> And I've actually asked the guys numerous times, like, do you want me to buy you a new brew house? Do you want me to buy you a, a, you know, a legit proper brew house? And what we do here is so unique and diverse with all the different beer styles we do, the different batch sizes we do, that this system just fits how we work. Um, we do have a new mash ton coming in to be a little bit bigger just to give us um, more grain in there, more efficiency. But this kettle is an electric kettle. You can kind of see in there, um, the, there's three massive electric heating elements in there. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to do this off a computer. Oh, this uh, is hilarious. To watch. I'm trying to watch you on Instagram too. So like Charlotte's following you with the camera. It's, yeah. It's priceless. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's electric elements. We can just heat it up and cook it like soup, like normal. And then um, we'll move it through the heat exchanger after that. And then it goes to the tanks. And so you guys can kind of see the tank farm back here behind me. So we've got, um, these are some seven barrel tanks there. As you come around, we got a 20 barrel there, some more sevens, then a bunch of 15s back on this way. And then I'll walk you over to the, the new expansion space, which is just on the back side. So this used to be all storage for us back here. Um, but now we put all new floors in, new drain. Um, and these are four more 20 barrel tanks. So, those are the, those are the fresh ones. Those are the ones in the new area and the new space. These are the yeah. These are the brand brand new ones. So they literally we just finished up construction on Friday. Was the yeah. permit got approved? So they are. We already got upper echelon in there. We got some hazy in there. Oh yeah, Jared's Jared's hanging out still with us. So Jared from Listerman. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say that's one of the Listerman boys there. His his cutout's still here. So say hi to say hi to Jared. <laughs> we did a virtual collab with him. Um, I was virtually collabing with him in Cincinnati the other day. And so we did the, the second batch of it um, on Friday here. So it's kind of fun. My neighbor owns a print shop. So I was like, hey, take this image, cut it out, and we'll have a, a full life standing Jared here with us. <laughs> so, um, but then, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll continue on taking you guys through a little tour. I we really don't do tours. This is kind of fun. We're actually outside now. Yeah, I'm digging the virtual tour here. Uh-oh, you're probably going to lose your Wi-Fi now. He's going to start getting choppy. How long do you think it'll take him to figure out that, that we're losing him? Because I can see him on Instagram still rocking. He's still talking. He looks like old school cell phone trying to find some, uh, trying to find some uh, signal. Okay, well, we'll have to come Uh-oh. back in there. Yeah. yeah, you try, you try to even wander it? too far away. Yeah, you're trying to wander too far away from your internet connection. Oh, we gone off the rails. There yeah, he goes. Right. There he is. Are we good now? Yeah, yeah. You're coming back. back? All yeah. right. All we're right. Gonna, we can't go outside then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna try to do? Show the new space, like over across where the, the warehouse. Yeah, okay. but we'll just. So this is uh, the packaging area. So here we got the the candy line. Um, all of the the bright tanks come here. So once beer is done being brewed and fermented, it gets transferred over. If you can see behind me, there are two stainless steel pipes. The beer comes through there over to this side into the packaging tanks behind us here. So you can kind of see those. Um, and then it comes through the candy line or the bottling line. And that's how we package fresh beer over here. And then this is kind of our big pet project here is yeah. the barrel house. So we are pushing to have about 253-gallon barrels by, I'd say, two months from now. So we should have a nice steady flow of barrel aged beer on the regular here. Now, when you, when you start started your barrel program and the way you're growing it size wise, like, did you have somebody you were modeling it after? Like, did you see somebody and be like, all right, that's the right amount. Or like, that's, that's the kind of barrel age I want to get to when it comes to wood. Or are you kind of just like, whenever I can get it and we have space for it, I want it. That's kind of how it is. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, like I looked at Weldworks for what they did. Um, they kind of went, you know, pretty hard into the barrel game. But he kind of developed a line out of, you know, he's got the Medianoche series, he's got his other series. So he kind of runs different series. We just kind of take all of our stouts and throw them in barrels. And then we just started recently doing um, a, a, just kind of a base stout that we'll use for blending. Um, actually hanging out with Corey King from Three, our side project. 
he taught me a lot about what he does. Um, and it's really cool to see him kind of take it as a concept of not just like, Hey, here's a batch of beer. And then we run it down and put it together. Let's taste through barrels and look and what kind of qualities do you get out of each barrel? Cause every barrel is so different. Uh, we found that is you, you run through a rack and usually when we fill up barrels of, out of a batch, it'll be eight different barrels. Um, but you'll taste through them and some of them got booze, some of them got vanilla, some of them got coffee notes. So going through those and the, the good experiment was when we did the microphone five, we kind of went through all the barrel racks and found the ones that we really thought complemented each other and created this kind of really interesting blend. Whereas, um, so we'll start kind of going through that and using the barrels that we have that aren't specific beers and seeing what notes do we get out of them, what barrels will work together, and then kind of have that guide, the adjunct on the backside, if we do adjuncts with it. But yeah, I, mean, I never would have thought we'd have almost 200 barrels. It's, it's insane. Um, it is a lot of money tied up over there, but it's, it's well worth it. And it's, it's almost to the point now we're going to releasing less stouts on the regular and getting to releasing barrel-aged beers on the regular, which is crazy, but um, it's something that we've loved and what, what the beers do in the, in the wood um, is, is fun. It, it adds such a different layer. And then we just released um, barrel-aged party dress and, um, you know, some of the comments there are, there's, I don't get much barrel out of it. Well, what you have to realize is that in that instance, as a massively adjuncted pastry stout, the barrel kind of complements and adds a flavor and a layer to it. It's not going to be jumping out by itself, but it, it's part of the harmonious blend of making that kind of that pastry concept come to life. Um, so if you were to try the original version next to it, you would see a, a massive difference in how that beer tastes. Um, and sometimes that's kind of the goal of it. Like Heaven Hill barrels always give us great marshmallow and vanilla. And we really like to accentuate that and bring that with the other beers that come out of it. Um, and then some beers just give us pure booze. We've noticed recently is actually, we take all of our beers down to Goose Island now for analysis and, um, we're picking up a lot of alcohol in the barrels that we didn't think we were. So most of them are going in around 11% and coming out, you know, 13 and above. Um, so we're getting good alcohol, um, and you may not taste it all, but it's definitely there. Yeah, I mean, and to round, round that in and kind of tie that in with what's going on lately. Uh, so that was like a first, that was the first beer, barely released beer that you had to do under new terms. Uh, yep. So, I mean, what was, what was that like? Like, how, did you know right away, like, all right, well, this is how we'll do it, or this is something that you've thought about doing before all this happened? No, I think, you know, we've, we've had pretty much – learned over the years of how to release beer, right? We did out of the front door in the beginning and that was a disaster because so many people showed up and we only had one register. So we kicked it to the back door and we had three registers and we had a line and even that still like, you know, our internet broke and things like that. So we had to put a hotspot in the back. Um, we started getting better at, you know, kind of moving that line quicker. But then once, um, actually our five-year anniversary, when we did the release for that, we did that out of the front garage. And that went really, really smooth. We were handing out tickets. People go back to their cars. Um, and it was kind of at the start of the pandemic. But then once all this hit and we couldn't have groups out here and we really want to prevent groups, we moved over to the online. Um, and I was really hesitant to do that because I'm, I'm, I've always been nervous, especially with when we put, you know, Bean Spirit tickets out there, the site crashes and people have issues getting through. So I was very hesitant to do that. But you know, Charlotte and Jimmy kind of pushed me through to do it. And uh, it went so successfully that I think that'll be the format for barrel-aged and special release beers going forward. I mean, how important is that to have that staff there? I mean, that's, that's willing to do that kind of work. I mean, that's, that's a group who's, like you said, they've been working right alongside you morning to night trying to just keep this thing going. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it, was, it was hard because we did have to make some cuts. 
Um, but we kind of, you know, sat down with everybody and said, hey, guys, it's going to be a skeleton crew for the next two, whatever, who knows how long. But, um, you know, I'm still dedicated to paying you guys and so dedicated to, to selling beer and hopefully we can you know, raise money for those employees who are not here right now um and everyone kind of just picked up and there was no questions asked it's just like let let me know when you need to be here and what you need um so you know microphone is is way more than just mic nowadays and it's this family that we have here um we've got a lot of fun projects lined up to take care of the staff that's not here. We know we did the virtual tip jar, which was awesome. Super, super appreciative of all the donations we got through that. But we're about to brew the other half concept beer called All Together. And that was a beer that they decided to kind of do an open-ended con- um, collaboration. So they reached out to us initially to kind of have us be part of the, the, the first 10 breweries that roll out. But the idea is they created a, a recipe. They worked with a maltster to get you know deals on grain. They worked with um, Stout Collective to do a design for the label at free cost. And they worked with Blue Label to get us labels printed at cost. So all the costs of this beer are incredibly low uh, with the idea that we sell it at a normal price. And then all the proceeds from that beer go toward our staff as well as a secondary charity. And we picked the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild as well because... You know, with them, what they what they do is they raise money through events all year round to take care of us brewers and you know push push to to lobby and do what they got to do. But with beer under glass and craft beer week kind of thrown to the curb right now, um, those funds will be kind of running running thin. So we wanted to make sure they were taken care of too, which that then funnels down into all the breweries in Illinois that need need help too as well. Yeah, I mean that's a great concept. I saw that come across, and you know, there's stuff that's been done <laughs> kind of similar, right? Like the Ravinia uh, or a lot of places have done those for the uh, wildfires in California and Australia, yep. some similar concept stuff. So, I mean, it's great that other half was kind of kicking that off. also wanted to point out, I don't know who R-Dub is, but R-Dub's just saying that uh, Barrel Age Press Play is his all-time favorite. Nice. Yeah, we've, it's, our staff is pretty divided on that. Either it's um, one man or Press Play right now. So, um, I'm a one man. I love that, that coconut. That's my yeah, jam. A lot of people are really deep into loving press play. So we'll get that beer back in barrels. Um, it's not currently in barrels, but we'll get it back in. It was great. I thought it was like a barrel aged Tootsie roll or something in there, man. It was just, yeah, right? it was really, really good. Um, so with, uh, with everything going on right now and everything's out of whack, everybody's like living in a new, in a new normal, but the brewing industry at its core has always been like this kind of collaborative together. Everybody help everybody. You need hops. I got them. You need flaked oats or yeast or whatever. I got you. Like, so have you just seen that accentuated? I mean, what kind of stuff have you guys been doing now that that's more important than ever? Yeah, I mean, I think it's on all aspects, even our, you know, our bottle shop friends like you guys, um, Patrick Bish was looking for um, crawlers and haulers because they ran out like most of us have. Um, you know, we, we saw that our stock, our crawlers were ordered pre pandemic, but there was still a shortage. So we didn't get our delivery in until this week or last week. Um, so we stocked up on haulers and I called my rep over at Grandstand. I was like, send me a thousand. And those are already gone. But we had enough that we could spare and get some to open bottle. Um, yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, so as you know, like those things that we can do to help out, I, I actually ran into an issue where we didn't have enough yeast, um, with Omega deciding to, you know, kind of close up operations right now to do, just take care of their staff and make sure everybody's healthy. Um, they decided to stop making yeast. So Mark at Oswego Brewing had posted that he was selling uh, a pretty big pitch of yeast that we, the London L3 yeast that we always use, our British five from Omega. So 
I ran down there to Oswego, which currently is actually not a, a quick jaunt over there from microphone. No. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, Mark sold me that pitch, and that's kind of gotten us through this week. Um, so that was great. And yeah, I mean, we're always we're always helping each other out. I think um, you know our closest buds, Sean and Evan over at Phase Three, we're constantly you know sharing stuff and. If they need a bag of rice holes or we need this and that, we, we just, we, we constantly have a truck going back and forth between our two breweries, um, sharing stuff. So, you know, we're here in these weird times. There's the, our suppliers have been pretty good. Our grain suppliers are still going. Hop suppliers actually have stepped up and said, Hey, we'll, you know, not worry about contracts right now. We will worry about, you know, take care of shipping. Um, so there's been a lot of, you know, no, no issues as far as that stuff goes. It's just little things here and there where nobody anticipated selling that many crawlers or haulers or putting beer into cans as much as they are in labels. We had to go back to our label rep and say, hey, we're going to end up packaging 99% of our beer as opposed to 70% of beer. I need to re-up on a bunch of labels. And they did that. Um, however, UPS lost a box. So that was fun for us. Oh, shit. <laughs> that box still was has not the, shown up. Was that the dragon? Was that ride the dragon? Yeah. And the, yeah, I was going to say you, you like repackage that again, didn't you? Yeah. So that was the first beer like that, that Monday after the, the lockdown happened, we packaged meow meow and ride the dragon. And we were like, well, let's run, you know, 30 cases of each without labels, all over more labels and ship the labels in like overnight. Um, well, they overnighted them, but they're sitting at UPS somewhere, so they're still not here. So we had to have Blue Label run another run of those and get them out the door. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I figured it's it's early enough, man. Might as well go with a coffee drink if I'm going to drink. There you go. I can't do podcasts without having a beer. It doesn't work for me, um, even, <laughs> even in this brave new world. Like, my family's literally was downstairs watching church on TV. That's that's. <laughs> That's what was. That's what's going on nowadays. Yeah, there's so much different right now. It's just wild, yet the same because everybody's coming out. Everybody's still supporting. And again, you know, I worry about three weeks from now, or you know, how long this goes. But uh, but the amount of support, people, people, oh Jesus, the people in this group right now, Josh Crane, who's made a, a his life to tour to every brewery and buy and support every Chicago brand he can. I mean, that's got to mean a lot to everybody to see. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we see people coming out here all the time. It's not the same energy we get from the people that come out here, but it's definitely a good flow of people coming out, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and it's funny that people want to hang out and talk, and we're like, we love to, but we can't right now. Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, we're seeing other aspects of it where people are, you know, donating bottles to raise money for people in need. And I think just everybody stepped up. And it's also – We've seen a transfer of drinking, right? A lot of people go to bars and restaurants to drink on the regular. Um, and so now they're having to drink at their houses and find that supply of alcohol for their house, which is helping, you know, a, a, a to-go aspect of our business and, and helping bottle shops and stuff like that. Um, but like you said, who knows how long this is going to last. Um, my wife is an accountant and she's been working tirelessly on the SBA disaster stuff and the PPP stuff and it has been um, a grueling process to decipher what the law means. And there's a lot of back and forth from what the banks are interpreting it as. Um, and when they opened up the floodgates to submit applications, a lot of banks weren't ready for it. So we, you know, we were told that we would be getting some relief, but right now it's, it's not sure if it's going to happen because that money is going fast and the bank, most of the banks aren't ready for it. So we're just, uh, we're playing that game, but you know, I'm hoping those checks come to the stimulus checks come to everybody. 
Um, I'm hoping the refunds from Smells Like a Beer Fest get to people sooner than later. Oh man, um, that's yeah. That, that, that there's all kinds of issues going on with brown paper tickets in, in there. Yeah, I mean we're seeing it at bottle shops and everywhere. I think Iron and Glass had some issues with them. Like, yeah, we're out of we're out a bunch of money right now because for previous events they haven't paid us for. So we're just hoping that they get their their stuff together and get everybody refunded. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just it's it's an interesting time for sure. But it's Imagine it's something that we've been able to adapt to and adjust to and kind of you know weather through this as the new norm. Yeah, the new norm. It's I keep you keep saying that. It's so weird to say. It's so weird to think about. But so like, what have you done? Uh, just kind of upfront. Uh, what, what kind of shit have you been trying? Basically, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, walk, I'll walk you over to the the OG taste room where kind of what's happening with us is going on daily. Um, so with the online release, you can see we've got all oh, the pre-orders alphabetized, ready to go. We got three different um, POS stations at the tables. We have a line out front where I actually, if I can, I'll see if I can walk you out there with losing connection. Yeah. I love that Charlotte's still following you. Hi, Nick. <laughs> what up, Nick? <laughs> um, so, so if you kind of look on the, the ground out here, we've got markings for one, two, three, trying to keep people socially distanced when they come in. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's literally trying to not bring a lot of people in here. And if we do have people who want to come up for you know walk up orders, we've got Frankie and Jimmy here ready to to take some orders and package. And we actually put um, I don't know if you can see right here, we put this little sanitizer station right at the uh there you go the entrance we got a few different sandy bottles across the the tasting room just to do whatever we can we've got you know you come in one door you go out the other door so we're not having people cross paths um but it's literally just just doing what we can to be safe and smart but still you know sell beer we have to we have to sell beer and make money to keep the lights on and keep our staff paid and um you know one thing i'm very proud about is that we do have a lot of full-time employees and we have a lot of employees that we take care of or help them take care of their health insurance. And so the people we did have to, you know, take a pause on right now, um, we were able to, to, you know, keep them on health insurance for a little bit longer than just the two weeks that they had on. So we're, we're, we're working on that. Um, we're continuing everything we can, like I said, just to keep them supported. And the plan is as soon as things get back in line, they'll be back here. So um, yeah, that's just kind of how we're, we're figuring it out. What's the menu today? I mean, if people are listening and watching right now, I mean, what, what's available today? Yeah, I just put you on the spot, dog. I know. And real oh, quick, yeah. and while, while you Frankie, put that, here's Frankie filling some. What up, Frankie? Crawlers. Staff yeah, is we, so strong there. It's crazy how many crawlers and howlers we fill every day now. But it's it's mm. moving those kegs that we did. So, um, you know, we we did we couldn't plan for it. So we have a bunch of kegs of you know great fresh hoppy beers and stouts that we want to move so we're uh we're hauling crawling as much as we can jimmy do you have a menu jimmy jimmy tell jimmy to pose for the camera look how beautiful jimmy you gotta pose for the camera oh, you gotta pose how, how good looking he is gloves <laughs> and all yeah baby so uh so the, oh, we had a question on Instagram too. I think we already answered it. He might have just missed it. But Jeremy Frank uh, forty four wants to know: uh, Will be a press play make a comeback this year? Not this year. No. Um, if what we've gotten a, a good flow into is that we're at least pushing things to that fourteen to sixteen to eighteen month window. So without press play in the barrels right now, it's going to push us into probably twenty twenty two. 
um, twenty end of twenty twenty one twenty two. So not right now, but we do have we've got new workout plan in barrels. We've got another half collab that we haven't even really talked about. Um, we have a bunch of different bean spirits in there, snap crackle pops in there. Um, we have another barley wine in. So we've got we've got a bunch of really fun beers that'll be coming out. Um, we like to constantly change it. We, like I said, we don't have those lines. We don't have, we have to have this beer all the time in barrels. It's just what do we feel like putting in there and playing with it. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely always take suggestions though. So if you guys really do like breastplate, we'll get that one back in for sure. But we can um, kind of walk through the, our little menu here today. We've got there you go. a little wiggity wiggity wit, just a traditional Belgian wit beer, coriander, orange peel. It's super hazy, bro. <laughs> so here's a little fun, uh, fun, think about microphone i started home brewing with hefts and wits and the, the a lot of the basis of the wit is you know pills white wheat and then i always like to put oats in my beer that recipe ended up turning into my ipa base and so since day one all of our beers have been hazy and i remember uh, when we first released um i want my ipa and misty mountain hop we got known as ugly beers but then Hazy became cool. And we're like, all right, good. We're fine then. So, because everything back then was, you know, had to be Chicago clear. You had to be able to see your hand through the glass. And if it wasn't, then you were doing something wrong. You had to use BioFine or Crash for a month. But now, now Hazy's cool, so it's fine. Yeah, um, it's the coolest right now. We got the uh, 18th Street collab where it's at. So that's Citra Hops and an Experimental Hop that uh, Hopsteiner hooked up 18th Street with. Um, like this, like that is a American Pale Ale. Simcoe Columbus, you know, it's kind of the nod to Sierra Nevada pale, a little bit, obviously different hops and a um, little bit of a tweak, but it's that old school, easy drinking, five and a half percent pale that I kind of want to make into a staple beer here and just kind of always have that other end of the spectrum paleo. We got the beer you're drinking, Joe, some bean spirit hazelnut. She is. We got the, the four different flavors of CBD water, which we can't get enough of, especially this one right now. The grapefruit is, is so good. So, so good. Josh will buy all those today. <laughs> Josh and Maddie will split that. Well, we got another. We got another order coming in on tomorrow. So, uh, then we got Little Miss Sunshine. So this is a part of the Brett fermented saison series. This one's got um, tangerine and guava. Then the next one next to it is currently playing vanilla. So last year we released currently playing, but this one has vanilla with the currants as well. Uh, Cafe Agogo is the collab we did with dogma out of brazil sao paulo brazil we actually flew in coffee beans from brazil just for this um imperial smells like bean spirit just regular right. ass imperial smells like bean spirit yep one that starts the party new workout plan is the horus collab which again is in barrels um tropical hideaway is the tiki inspired porter for my son's birthday miles porter and nice. then old-fashioned love song so for all you wisconsinites who love yourselves a brandy old-fashioned that's what that is <laughs> you and your you and your wisconsin love exactly Man, I, rachel uh, rachel m said that she loved the og currently playing oh good that's her jam good. so i mean i know we're on like a non-professional account zoom meeting so i think it's like a 40 minute limit or something so we'll be probably coming to the end i, I can unmute some people if anybody want to have a question you can throw it in the comments you can ask it out loud um if you got any any mic questions if you guys want to keep going if uh, mike you want to keep going we can always uh send our you know turn our phones up and go to instagram and keep it rocking okay but uh 
anything else you want to share with people? I mean, I noticed you did some cool stuff this week. You had like Maplewood uh, and you guys kind of split cases together and, and yep. you know, just whatever you can to kind of collaborate and do that. I mean, what, what kind of, yeah, we're, you know, we're just trying to get, that? we're trying to make everything convenient for consumers. So with that whole concept of doing the mixtape um, split case was that, you know, we know that there's people that are down by their brewery that can't make it up to microphone. There's people by microphone that can make it down to Maplewood. So we did the split case to just give it consumers some ease. And so we're actually talking about doing a little, um, you know, snack pack and going and loading it up with, you know, chips and jerky and whatever. So make it almost like a convenience store here. Yeah. If you want to have your one-stop shops, so you're not going out as much. Um, so we're playing around with concepts like that. Just, you know, we've got at least another month of this. So we got to figure out some fun stuff to do to make people, you know, comfortable and at ease. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to push and have fun with it. Maple syrup on Instagram. That's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Charlotte, it's flexing it on the, maple, pancakes. the maple syrup. Um, all right, so here we go. So, so uh, A. Hines, um, to, to everybody here on the chat, what is the technical difference between a dry hopped hazy IPA and a New England style IPA? Um, a lot of that has comes down to bitterness. So um, initially when double dry hopped IPAs, that was just a process. And so you still might have had like a 60-minute hop edition, a um, couple different, you know, toward the end, later hop editions. But with the New England style, it's it's built around um, like zero, zero bitterness, perceived bitterness at least. You're always going to pick up bitterness when you're having hops. But a lot of it is, you know, Whirlpool hop editions, hop stand editions, or even, you know, no kettle editions at all, but then go heavy and hard on the backside with the dry hopping. So, um, and then, you know, a lot of it, New England style was derived from using Conan yeast, or London Ale 3, or, you know, Y-East 1318, or um, Omega Brit 5, or Imperial Juice. Those are all very, um, you know, non-flocking or low-flocking yeasts that kind of leave that haze and, and impart a lot of fruit. So that was kind of the whole, you know, derivative of what New England style is versus just another double dry hopped IPA. Yeah, see, you just got jumped into all that technical stuff. I remember, Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I remember when people when I people would be like, "What's the difference?" I, oh, it's just like you can't see through it, and it tastes good, like whatever, low bitterness, whatever it is. But um, uh, Brian was also asking this. This is something I, I find a lot of consumers like. Just it's hard to grasp. Uh, Pouch was asking. Uh, he's curious: adjunct in barrel or after aging? Um, you can do a little bit of both, right? Or I mean, but yeah, but the I mean, majority is mostly after. It's, yeah, it's usually after. So there's certain things that we know work well um, before going into barrel. Um, and there's certain things that we know that would be much better on the backside. Coconut is way better on the backside. You're going to get a lot of, you know, sweetness from it. The coconut's not going to fade. Um, Coffee is always on the backside, except for when we did um, the Velvet Underground. That was a, a triple infused coffee. So we had coffee, end of oil, coffee um, at the end of fermentation, and then coffee after barrel. So I had three different layers of coffee, but for the most part, if we know that an adjunct may, you know, like dissipate over time, we'll put that on on the backside. Cinnamon's one that we do on both sides. We will give a little bit of a, a cinnamon boost up front, um, add that at the end of the boil and whirlpool, and then also hit some back uh, once the beer the beer comes out of wood into our conditioning tank. And then maple's one that we kind of go multiple layers on. Um, maple's an, a really tricky thing to use and get because maple syrup is sugar. Um, and if you're putting it up in the beginning part of it, sugar is going to ferment out and just become alcohol. And so it's really hard to find. But then if you put it on the backside and there's any residual yeast hanging around, you risk bottle bombs. So we've been playing around a lot with um, using potassium sorbate 
or eventually getting a pasteurizer in here to kind of, you know, kill all the yeast off so we won't have any of those issues on the backside, which we've gotten really, really good at. Um, I know we had an issue with s'more cowbell with all the sugars nucleating and kind of, you know, picking up some carbonation. But um, after that, we kind of figured that whole process out. So, yeah, I think you told the story or, uh, the first time you were on the podcast about uh, your some of the original bottles of bean spirit that went to stores. Oh, yeah. And you were getting getting the calls from the owners. And at the, yeah, the, the they, call, they call and they're like, man, this bottle, this bean spirit. I'm like, you like it, right? It tastes good. He's like, no, 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 no. It's made a giant mess in our store. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> actually, I, I actually drove out to the stores and helped them clean and everything. And we're like, all right, we're never doing that again. <laughs> Yeah, so that, I remember you telling me about some of the wars with that beer early on. Like, hey, just add more. We'll just add more maple syrup. And they're yeah. like, oh, wait, that got eaten too. So Yeah, yeah, that, that, it, it was a very expensive beer in the beginning because we, we were just constantly adding maple, and maple was just becoming sugar. So we had to figure out the right way to use the maple um, and make it work. Mr. Uh, A. Hines is bringing the heat. You're going to hate this question. I can feel it. All right. Mike, give us your top five beers of all time, not microphone beers. Ooh, not microphone. Not um, microphone, top five beers of all time. That's an on-the-spot question. Okay. Um, and some of them are not going to be, like, you know, new and hypey, but um, Hacker Shore is one that I'll always love because it kind of got me into the craft beer scene. Um, I still think that's the best type of bison out there. Um, La Folie from New Belgium is my favorite sour, um, and that kind of inspired me to make some homebrew sours back in the day. Um... It's a debate between fresh heady topper or fresh sip of sunshine between those two, which one I like. It just depends on the day, which, which can you get. Um, that's always a, a fun beer. Um, ooh. Then uh, the Berliner from New Belgium, or no, New Glarus. That was my desert Island beer for many, many years until my last beer which is Eek by Off Color. That is the beer that I literally could drink every day. What a great um, story behind that beer, too. I mean, oh, it is, totally. But yeah, that's Laffler told that one. That was great. Yeah, Eek is definitely um, the beer that just – I had it. I'm like, holy crap. It's everything that Off Color is plus Miller High Life. So I love it. <laughs> All right. So let's see. What else? We got, uh, we got some, with the limited amount of research available on hop oil – bio transformation tyson why are you going so deep right now where do you stand sure. on whether or not it occurs and is beneficial i love that um it, it definitely does occur um it, it, we're, we're seeing a lot of good research from the hop farms and hop growers and hop distributors they're getting deeper into what they're releasing too so you know cryo was something cryo powder was something that really was hard to play with um now cryo pellets exist there's a, a few other off-brand things that we're, we're playing with. But um, what we've found is that, you know, de depending on when you're going to add it, you know, post-ferment or even just post-transfer, we'll, we'll do dry hopping on day zero. So as we're moving beer from the, the heat exchanger, from boil kettle heat exchanger into the, the fermenter, we're dry hopping right there and seeing it take off. And um, we'll see, you know, do a little bit at day three of fermentation, last day of fermentation, um, but yeah, there's definitely some stuff we're, we're most concerned about, not so much about transformation, but we're more, more concerned about hop creep. Um, and as, you know, certain times, certain hops will impart hop creep, which will, you know, increase the way the beer flocks out or dries out, um, increase the alcohol content. And that's something that we have to be careful of because as we try to go, you know, we're, we're, we're finally getting into having stable beers here at Microphone. We're trying to 
have beers that are always consistent. So something like Mike Check One Two, um, we're trying to use the Citra hops from our contract, but as those run out, we have to go to the market and find other Citra. And we found that not every Citra is the same. So we we definitely monitor the biotransformation and the hop creep on those regularly. All right, what, what, is, that. what is what is hop creep? Hop creep just it it adds to it. It'll it kind of take off and kind of help it it. it forces the beer and the, the yeast to ferment more um, and gives this more alcohol. It's, it's something that just, it, it, with dry hopping, it's one of those things you just got to, you monitor. Um, it, it happens. All right. So Tyson, since you decided to ask that question, I'm going to unmute you for a minute. If you want a follow up, I don't know if you got a follow up for him. Sure. Um, when you do the day zero dry hop or really just dry hop during active fermentation, are you really just targeting biotransformation or do you feel like you get a better concentration of polyphenols to contribute to azole? It's more for biotransformation. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's one of those things that we're experimenting and playing with what we're getting out of these things. I mean, I, th- I still think the best dry hop is that last dry hop. That's where you're getting all the aromatics that we're really going for. Um, mm-hmm. I've also done beers with no early hop additions in that side and it's still hazy as all get out. Um, what I found is that a lot of the haze comes from the oats, the white wheat, mashing very thick. Lots um, of Yep. And I mean, literally, like, we we had a, a time there where um, the our mash process got changed, and we were mashing thin. And something like on the backside, the beers just did not look the same. And I was like, what's going on? And then we switched back over to that 1 to 1 or 1 to 2.5 ratio or 1.25 ratio, and it's instantaneously right there. You'll even see it coming into the boil kettle. It's protein everywhere, um, congealing in there, and it's it's that's adding to a lot of that as well. So it's knowing knowing your system and knowing what you kind of want to go for, but um, yeah. But then just doing it through the different processes has been fun to experiment. Um, in the beginning, I hated triple dry hopped beers. I just thought they were um, too green, and um, I just didn't like what they did for the beers. But as we've figured out how to play with them and the ratios we're using. Um, I've actually grown to like using triple dry hop now. All right. Tyson, you satisfied? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So am I, I like watching people nerd out like that. Uh, So anyways, uh, let's go. Sean had a good question from like the consumer angle. Uh, When it comes to crawlers, uh, cans and growlers glass, is there an advantage for either one over the other? Do certain beers do better in one or the other? And is it just a money thing or is there a benefit one, one versus the other? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, we prefer to package in can crawlers, so the C, so crawler. Um, what we can do with them is we can, you know, rinse them out, we can purge them, we can fill them, and then get a nice foamy head to stick that cap on and then seam it really, really properly. Um, with a growler and a howler, it's not always easy to cap on pure foam as best. Um but with that said, we are doing everything we can to fill and cap on foam. What we've, we've done that really helps us out is that we have special Perlic flow control um, draft. I'll see if I can show you guys that. Look at that. So if you see those right there, can you see them or no? Let me come around. I'll get a better yeah. angle of it. Um, so can you see those? It's a little dark. But um, so, Oh, there you go. So if you see on these, they've got the little, these little flow controls here. I can go faster, go slower, and this will help us fill properly to get that proper foam that we need 
to make sure we're, we're capping on foam. And what foam does is um, the biggest killer in beer, especially hoppy beer, is oxygen. Um, anytime that you are, you know, not re getting rid of all the oxygen in the vessel, you are then leaving that oxygen there, which will create dissolved oxygen, which will spoil the beer faster. With stouts, it really doesn't happen fast, but with IPAs, it's it's apparent pretty pretty quickly. So when you're getting, you know, we're obviously purging with CO2 is pushing oxygen out, but then when you're capping on foam, the foam is pushing out the oxygen as well, and then you know once you're capping on foam that there's no oxygen in there. Um, so that's what is a big saver. So, you know, if you see people filling these things and they've got a, a gap in there, there's most likely going to be some oxygen. And that's one of the big adjustments we had to learn from going from our, our bottling machine to our canning line was how to make sure that we did not have oxygen. In our first first couple canning runs, we did. So we invested um, a lot of money into an Anton Power machine that reads not only carbonation, but also DO, dissolved oxygen. And the industry standard for craft beer is, you know, you want to be under 100. And what we found right now is that we're anywhere between 40 and 50, which is great. So these beers have a lot longer shelf life um, and, you know, give that exact flavor that we're going for in the package. Boom. Sean, I want to see a nod. That, that felt good. That feel good. All right. <laughs> I think you like that answer. <laughs> All right. So, so Tyson also, I, apparently I might, maybe I have a pro account cause we're still rolling and we're past the 40 minute mark. Yeah. So we, I saw a pop-up. I saw a pop-up yeah. so we could go longer. So they were like, this is such a great content. You guys get to go longer. So let's go. Um, so look, Tyson again, uh, what, what's your dream brew house now? Now, if, when I saw that question, my first thought was, Dialing back to what's the April April 2018, talking to you for the first time, coming in, doing the podcast, and you were talking about uh, how big you wanted to get and, and avoid getting even. Uh, yep. You know, saying like just having control over over what your beer is and not mass producing too much and losing kind of touch with with the beer and the packaging and the distribution of it. So when I look at that, what's your dream brew house, man? I got to imagine part of you would be like the best, biggest, brightest one. But then another part of you is going to be like, well, I mean, a nice one that works well. That's a good size. So we can fill up our 20 barrel fermenters, you know? Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, my dream brew house is a seven barrel brew house. Um, and just releasing limited amount of batches a month and just having fun with that. I mean, what we've gotten to is there's a great demand for microphone. Um, we've got it. We had to ramp up and bring tanks in. I remember when I was brewing at Slapshot, you know, five years ago, they had 15 barrel tanks and I had seven barrel tanks. And I said to them, I will never get tanks bigger than seven barrel. And then we brought in 15s and now we have 20s. So I'd never say never. I mean, if, if the demand is there and we can keep being consistent and releasing quality package, you know, we'll keep adjusting into that market. But there's also a point of, us getting to where we're working, you know, 24 hours a day to brew. We're working seven days a week. We're, you know, on the road delivering. And that's not fun. That's not what we want to do. We're in this to have fun, to make quality beer, to live, you know, happily, take care of my staff, take care of my family, um, and enjoy life. So if it gets to the point where we're, you know, constantly having to do three shift brewing and worrying about moving 10,000 barrels a year, that's not, that's not my goal. My goal is not, is to, to really enjoy what we're doing. So I think the size that we're at now, I think we were at, I want to say about 750 barrels year one here. 
Uh, we were, I think we cr cranked out about 1,200 barrels last year. We're probably going to push to 12 or 2,000, 2,500 this year out of here. Um, but even that is, that's, that's a lot in my eyes for, for what we are. Um, comparatively to other breweries in the game, we're a lot smaller. But I, I, like I said, I, it's more about quality over quantity in our eyes. All right. Well, let's let's uh, move on to the the real important shit here. So, first of all, I'm going to compound with Josh's question here uh, that he, that he threw down. With he wants to know Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre for your dream team. <laughs> you know what's funny is I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is an is an amazing Hall of Fame quarterback, but I love what Brett Favre did. That energy that you know positivity that crazy little kid in him coming out and playing every game that's the kind of spirit i like to see on the field aaron's more um quiet you know relaxed and chill he gets the job done though um but i like i like that fire i like that spirit i like that i could i honestly i think if i had to choose it's based on who would i have a beer with and i know that brett Favre would probably shotgun some beers with us right now in his deer stand and we would have a fucking blast so i'm gonna go with brett Favre. I, I see a Hines. He doesn't have his like his camera on, and I don't know if he's if he wants to speak. I can unmute him. He can let me know if he wants to be unmuted or seen. But uh, he, he said he'd prefer to he'd prefer not to throw the ball to the other team. Rogers all day. <laughs> <laughs> so my my other thought in in the uh, current state here. So what, did the Bears make the biggest mistake by signing Jimmy Graham? I mean, you guys played that game last year, right? Yeah, I made a joke earlier that, well, it's probably smart because Jimmy Graham can't, can't catch anything, so he's not going to catch the coronavirus, so he'll probably be healthy this oh, year. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that was, uh, that was a bust for us. That was a big bust, unfortunately. I mean, Jimmy Graham is you know, one of those guys who you know, helped create what a tight end is these days. Mm -hmm. um, and just coming off of Seattle, he wasn't really even great there. And, um, you know, we, we, the Packers have always lived around having a great tight end. Um, and unfortunately – when Jermichael Finley had that career-ending injury, our tight end position really hasn't been the same. So we, we tried to revive it with a veteran like Jimmy Graham. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, that's – it's funny. that I, I don't think – I think some people do, but I think a lot of people don't understand your connection to Wisconsin. And, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it, goes, it goes pretty deep. It goes yeah, pretty yeah. deep as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, I grew up uh, – I was born in West Dallas, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Milwaukee, and then I grew up in McGuanago, Wisconsin, which is about a half an hour um, southwest of Milwaukee, kind of near um, Alpine Valley for those who are familiar to going skiing or going to concerts up there. Then I went to University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, was up there for four years, five years, and then I moved on to Chicago. So I will always be a Wisconsinite, and I'm, I'm married a Bears fan, so we have a house divided. Yeah. But uh, it's fun. Your wife's just such a cool person, and I just wish you were cooler. But no. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not gonna happen. I just I suck. Sorry. So uh, so for all right, this is this is from from my from my brain. I mean, and this is over the two years, three years that I mean, I've known you for about two years, but I I've watched you kind of do stuff and listen to you. Well, on, you, you know, you stalk you stalked me for a year. Yeah, well, close <laughs> close to it. I listened to you on uh, on uh, Ryan and Craig's podcast, ABV Chicago, I think, from like your old days, uh, their original days. But but 
you've you've developed uh, a lot of fans, but you've also developed some people that that kind of give you a little hate with with you know putting chicken in beer and you know all the different stuff. You're putting cereal and ice cream and everything you can into beers. So you caught some flack for that. So you seem to to get targeted sometimes. I mean, how do you guys deal with that as a brewery? I mean, is that something that that you just washes off you, or you just kind of like, does it hurt? you like, I just want to... I don't know if you can see it in the camera, but there's a lot of gray hair <laughs> here and here. Um, no, it's hurtful. It is really hurtful. I mean, especially like... Oh, we're yeah, doing this... <laughs> we're doing... Uh, this is A, it's a dream of mine to be doing what we're doing, right? But then B, it's also like we want to make people happy with what we're doing. That's our intentions at all times is to make the best beer possible, make people enjoy what's in the glass, bring people together in the tasting room, um, throw some badass events to bring awesome breweries to the, the market. Um, and when those intentions go misinterpreted and people twist that and, and turn it into hate against us, it's really hard. It's, it's, I, especially when we got um, the new space open, you know, we were following all the different accounts, you know, Chicago craft beer enthusiasts, Chicago craft beer Alliance, um, doing stuff, reading beer advocate. And it was really hard to hear th th those comments. Um, but as, you know, as we brought, as I brought in a bigger staff and kind of helped me like partition what I think about and what I deal with, um, and know that what we're doing is with the best of intentions and the best of our quality and ability, you, you kind of have to turn a, a blind eye to it. And, and it, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and you don't hear it, it doesn't happen. So I've, I've learned to kind of not pay attention to it as much. Um, we still use untapped in other forums to kind of be our quality control and make sure that if we're seeing a consistent comment about something, then something's wrong and we have to address it. Um, but when it comes to, you know, personal attacks on me and our staff, um, those, those are hard. Those are really hard to take. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that I, I still personally struggle with at night when I am laying there in bed and I'm thinking about like, what did I do wrong? Where did I, where did I go down the track where people hate me? I, that's one thing that I've never had happen in my life where people hate me. Um, I grew up a very shy kid. Um, I'm still, you know, I have social anxiety to the max, but I've had to learn how to mask that because this industry needs me, needs, I need me to be out there and social and developing relationships. Um, so I put that on the back burner and I've always just kind of kept to myself and done my thing. But when those kind of hurtful attacks come my way, it's, it's something I just don't know how to deal with, um, but I've just tried to learn to brush them off my shoulder if I know what I'm doing at the the, the main objective is right. So, yeah, it's it's all you can do, and like you said, like you, it starts with like the QC and Untapped. You see that, and like I'm sure that's not easy to when you see those first negative thoughts about your beer. They, then that's that's a problem. But then when it kind of transitions into into a little more excessive stuff, you know, like personal type type things, and. It, I imagine it gets a lot harder to deal with at that point. Yeah. So. It's, it's sometimes it's just even like the rumors that are started are, 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 are I'm deal, uh, another brewery that I know is dealing with a crazy rumor right now that it's just like, it's not even, there's no, there's no basis or warranting at all for it, but it's now it's become a reality because it's out there on the internet and they're trying to figure out how to even address it. Um, but it's, it's those things that I'm, I'm not sure people think about what this means. This is our livelihoods. This is um, what we do every day. And like I said, our intentions are, are great. Um, and so it's, 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 it's something that we just, we, we deal with, we learn to deal with it. There's always going to be haters. Um, that's kind of the world we live in and haters going to hate. 
Um, but you know, we, we just got to power through it. And remember, like I told you, Joe, the other night, um, I was dealing with a pretty crappy day Friday. Um, but then we jumped on the zoom podcast into the virtual happy hour. I left yeah. that so happy and it's such good energy from you guys. Um, the vibes you guys threw the way it was just, it, it made me realize that as much as there's a loud crowd out there that can be negative, there's a lot louder people who are positive and happy and appreciative. And, and that's what I learned to focus on um, and deal with. And so Friday night was amazing. And right now this is awesome. I'm having a great time to chat with you guys and seeing your faces. And, and uh, it, 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 it proves to me that you guys are the ones that I, I need to, I need to care about. So. Yeah. And the funny thing is our Instagram cut our Instagram live cut out before our zoom chat did, which I thought was only going to be 40 minutes. Mike's number one criticism of my podcast too long, too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't too long. It's it like, was just like, non, it was non edited. That's what I was. No, that was my nope, nope. Nope. I'm, call, I'm calling it too long. Uh, so, so related to related to what you kind of just talked about uh, a little bit um, about the kind of uh, criticisms in that um, with the, with the, the partnerships, like you're, if, if people in the industry know Mike, they know one big thing. I don't know if consumers all know about this, but uh, you know, the people that, that just like microphone beer and don't know who Mike or like the crew is over there. Mike to me is like the master of building relationships. Um, like, like right now this, this lockdown has got to be so weird for Mike right now because he, he's a traveler. He travels, he, goes, <laughs> he meets people, he inspires, you know, he goes and, and gets these relationships built. Like can explain like, did you start that early on? You were like, this is my business plan. Like, I'm going to go make these relationships. No, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm a, a shy guy at heart. Um, but what, what I found in, um, I followed Drew. Drew Fox was kind of my inspiration early on. You know, I met him at Pipeworks. He was getting things started with his Kickstarter. He needed some help. And then I ended up being kind of his assistant brewer at the time. And I just kind of watched him as he built his brewery out of this little inspiration that he had. And, you know, he was on the road all the time. He was the first one to brew with McKellar. He was the first one to brew with, um, Arizona wilderness. Um, just people, tired hands. Like Drew was out there. Drew was a hustler. And I saw that as, you know what, that's a great way to build a brand and build relationships that can last forever. Um, and so I kind of followed that and it was a lot of just, you know, getting on the road and, and, and going to fests and, you know, going to breweries and just kind of throwing yourself out there and being like, Hey, if you ever want to, if you ever want to link up, let me know. And then, um, it kind of just over the years has become, we're this tight knit family that travels every weekend. I, I mean, I joke about it all the time. I see these brewers from all across the world more than I see my, my best friends. Um, we literally share hotels every weekend. We're going to dinners every weekend. Um, and so we are a family. We look up for each other and a lot of them now just become organic. You know, we'll be at a fest and, We'll be cracking beers and be like, I love this beer. Like, you know, we should get together and do something. And it turns into this collab. And then, especially during a time like right now, my, my phone is going off the hook because we're all looking out for each other. We're all checking in and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, what's what's your morale like? You need anything? What, what, what are you experiencing over there? So I actually started a private Facebook group for brewers called um, Brewers United. And in there, it's just been, it's daily like tips and tricks and uh, moral support for us to get through these times together. Um, and it's been super helpful this last week. We did a, um, a live kind of 
podcast with a bunch of brewers um, that hopefully will get aired soon if, if Josh can figure out how to get that off Charlotte's computer. Um, but it was great. To, you know, we had a, a, we, we brought in a brewer from basically every region of the U.S. So we had Finback from New York on. We had um, Southern Grist from Nashville on. Hidden Springs from Florida. Jester King from Texas. Um, Weldworks from Colorado. Uh, great Notion from up in a Portland, and then we had um, Bottle Logic from California, and it was just cool to see everybody. You know, we're all we're all in different regions, but we're all dealing with the exact same thing. Um, so it was a really good conversation there. But yeah, we're trying to have fun with it. As we, I just we did that virtual collaboration with Listerman, and um, just trying to somehow keep us all together and sane. And, and I think technology is great right now with being able to do Zoom and Google Hangouts and Instagram. It gets gets us together. So. It's been it's been different because we're not on the road. You know, we were supposed to be at Finback's Fest last weekend. Um, obviously, you know, we had to cancel our fest. Wellworks had to push their fest off. McKellar canceled or uh, postponed um, MBCC from May until October. So a lot of us won't be back on the road for several months seeing each other. So we'll survive. I mean, it's it's a luxury to be able to go on the road and and, and do collaborations and do beer fests. Um, but it's, it's become a big part of our business plans and our models and, and, and seeing this, this family on the road. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, for me personally, it was a huge blow and I know a lot of people that I was supposed to go with uh, the seeing the fest get canceled, uh, for you guys this year. And it's always been my, my favorite fest to attend. So, uh, the, since you changed it over from Pell Popper to, to smells like a beer fest. I mean, the amount of planning and time and investment that goes into that. And again, it's all for charity too. On top of that, yep. I mean, you guys are donating, you got the school of rock bands getting ready to play. Like, like that's, it changes so many people's, you know, plans basically. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's, like, it's like throwing, I always say it's, it's like throwing a wedding. This is something that we plan the day that the previous fest ends and we get at it and we think about the date and we get everything lined up and, and you're just wrangling all the brewers and getting all that stuff taken care of and working logistics about distribution. And then you got to kind of put all that to a halt and just let everybody know, Hey guys, it's not the right decision. We made that decision early on before we knew how long this was going to go. But you know, with the current mandate until April 30th, <laughs> it smells like a beer fest is supposed to be May 2nd. So who knows what that would have been if we would have kept going, you know, who right now it'd have been such a risk to have everything planned and booked and all that money just kind of sitting is this going to happen or not? So um, we thankfully were able to get out of a lot of contracts that we had with the hotel. Um, we didn't place the order for glassware, which is awesome. Um, everybody else was super appreciative and understanding. I think that all the, all of our vendors that we're dealing with are going through the same stuff. So everyone understood why we did it. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to it in 2021. And I, I'm hoping that if we do get, you know, things back on track and we figure out how to, you know, maintain social distancing, even post the mandate, um, that we can throw some kind of, you know, smaller celebration, you know, in, in October or November or whatever, just to kind of, just to kind of bring some of these people back together who, who, who wanted to be here for the fest. So it's something that I have on, on my agenda. It's just, we don't have a date to, to think about just yet. Yeah. That, that's what I was uh, kind of going to get at and see, like, did you have plans or for some sort of a, I don't know, like, like rain check version of, uh, of that festival yeah no it'd be fun it'd be fun to do that especially with you know we know a lot of people finally got tickets this year for the first time and they were super jazzed to come out here um so if there's a way that we can kind of maybe throw you know a, a smaller version but over a few days and get those people who purchase tickets because we have the full list you know invite them out for some kind of a hangout um i'm i'm definitely looking to do that 
Is it just like bizarre for you to walk into the place every day and see the blue room and see the the main the old tap room just empty? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. I mean, like when we first got this location, it was strictly going to be the old running gun style of brew here, a little bit of van and delivery, and then we added the taste room component. And you know, just before we shut down, we were open seven days a week, pretty much every day. And so there's always energy in these rooms. Um, and so with the blue room being as quiet as it is, it's just it's not it's not normal. It's just so different, and uh, it's we lack that energy, and, and that's what that you know got, you guys bring that energy and, and and the fun, and so yeah, coming in here is it is kind of a reminder every day like this is something that we're dealing with, and it's um, depressing, but thankfully there's you know there's still work to be done, so we don't have to just stew here and, and cry over it. We we have to to continue on, and, and and thankfully beer is deemed necessary. I think if it wasn't, I don't know, I don't know how much. Uh, of the U.S. would be left if alcohol was deemed, <laughs> dude. It's, it's and, and I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing all these different you know numbers and facts and reports of alcohol sales up by 20, 25, 30 percent, whatever it is, and we're seeing it day to day at Crafted. I mean, I'm sure you guys are seeing it. It's like the support yep. is outlandish. Yeah, like Tyson just said, it's never been more necessary, and that's true. I mean, there's this is this is something that's so strange and so weird and you know self-isolation um having to be by yourself and if you don't have family or or you know i have you know if i say i have a wife and two kids like i still have energy at home when i go home um for us coming back to the brewery it's it's you know pretty much in the back is business as usual so i'm seeing the brewers i'm seeing you know charlotte and jimmy here every day um but i can't imagine if you weren't able to go because you're not essential um and you're living by yourself that's gotta be really really difficult so Alcohol is the answer sometimes. Oh, seriously, man. It's, it's getting a lot of people through a lot of stuff right now. Yep. I mean, whether that's good or not, they'll do studies years from now. The, <laughs> you know, COVID alcoholics or whatever you want to call it. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be some happy hour starting a lot earlier nowadays in most households. It is. It is. Yeah. A beer for breakfast is a real thing. Oh, right yeah. I mean, it was 11 AM and I poured this bean spirit. That's not a normal thing for me. Um, <laughs> Oh, what are you saying? Oh, okay. Maddie wants to know when the when the here kitty kitty part uh, part of the meow meow line appears, huh? Oh, I know. It's so funny. Um, I was kind of like, all right, we've we've kind of dealt that whole Tiger King thing, but then every day there's a new meme that pops up that I have to sh- share with Charlotte. So, um, we do have a beer that we're hopefully planning to brew with the guys at Hidden Springs in Tampa because their brewery is like ten minutes away from. I was gonna say they're got to be close. Big right? cats. They're right down the road. So we're like, we got to come down there and brew a beer off of it. So, um, but yeah, maybe we'll, we'll dig into some of uh, Joe's library and, and find a beer that we can, can do out of there. Joe Exotic is getting America through this every episode right now. He, he's living his dream. This is what he wanted. He loves, oh, yeah. he loves this attention. He, this, is exa- this couldn't have been the, the more perfect time for this documentary to come out because we're all watching it together and all talking about it. It's so hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I mean, it is dumb, dumb TV, but it is, it's well worth it during these weird times. So I think you should you bite, your, you bite your tongue. Don't you judge that like that. Hold on, let's see. Let, 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 me, let me switch where I'm at here. See? You're probably a Carol Baskins fan, aren't you, Joe Bobby? Aren't you? you? See that? That's me in my music video. <laughs> okay, see, I'm Cheryl. Yeah, yeah you're Carol. hanging out with Carol. You're hanging yeah. out with Carol. I knew it. I knew yeah. you were a Carol Baskins fan. Carol's feeding the curvatures to the uh, to the ladies, <laughs> to, the, to the Tigers here. You see that? <laughs> I love I, it. I can't remember. I think uh, Kyle Nat made that one. Good, good buddy of mine. 
I thought that was great. They want to call me Joe Exotic now, so that's good. Bar, beer tender extraordinaire, Joe Exotic. I'm coming back to the blue room. Well, you were Joe Erotic before all this, though, right? Obvi- obviously, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I was like that other meme that was going around of that guy with the uh, yeah, 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 that guy, that guy, <laughs> it's like that guy, that guy. All right, you guys got any more uh, questions? I mean, you wanna you wanna keep rocking here, or what do you guys want to do, Mike? What about you? We're about to fire up the grill, throw some brats really? on there. And yeah, it's it's sunny out. It's probably not still kind of cold, but it's it's always grilling season. Somebody somebody at microphone just hopped into this thing. I can see that. That's why we're getting some echo. All right, we yeah. got it. We good. We good. I think it was Charlotte next to yeah, us. That's all right, Charlotte. You can jump in here and uh, and chat too. I mean, Charlotte's been a part of this whole thing. Just just holding it down. How funny though! Like, who'd have thought? The you know a month a month ago we were all sitting out in the fucking beer garden in the, in early March, drinking dripping so much sauce in the like the beautiful sun. Yeah. Josh ripped sleeves off his shirt. I mean, just to prove a point. And and now look, there it's 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 silence. Well, that was the crazy thing, right? Our our five year anniversary was that Sunday where we had to make the decision: do we still do this? And we you know we we started practicing social social distancing before it was even a thing, but that day was, Hey, nope. Now it's no more than 50 people. The next day was now no more than 25. Then the next day was now 10 and no, it's lockdown. So it's been fast. It's been a year within these last three weeks that we've had to deal with stuff. But, um, no, I think we're all learning to do the right thing. I think we're learning how serious this is. So we have to flatten this curve as best we can before this thing lasts all the way through the year. So what uh, are you guys in constant contact with, with like, Pritzker or like is there somebody from the government contacting you or contacting the guild that's flowing it down to you like what what's how are you guys getting your information um yeah I mean you know Danielle who is the executive director at the guild is really really close with everybody down there um when we went down and lobbied what was that a month ago actually we met with Pritzker's office um and you know she's got a pretty good relationship with the people there um so it's it's been nonstop of hey what can we do what can't we do um, you know, there was talk, I actually brought it up to Danielle about, hey, other states are doing direct-to-consumer shipping. You know, what's the status with Illinois? And it was brought up, but it was uh, it was vetoed. Um, so, you know, just we're constantly looking to what we can do. And the government's done a really good job of adjusting and giving us all some really good, some help as far as, you know, doing to-go and curbside and, and door-to-door delivery. Um, but you got to be respectful. There's not just, you know, the Brewers Guild in this game. There's multiple different angles of this from distributors to bars to um, consumers and stuff like that. So everybody's got to be taken care of. And if you just, if you give into everything we want, then other people are going to be affected on the backside. So it's, I think the government has been really respectful of that, um, but still giving us all a a fighting chance to save our businesses as best we can. I mean, you're seeing it, uh, people talking about it from town to town saying like, oh, geez, this place is, they're allowing them to basically tape the top of the glassware closed with a cocktail in it, let people take it to go. Like, what have, yeah. what have you guys been seeing out, out like Elk Grove or around the surrounding area that you guys have been seeing anything weird where you're like, ooh, that might not be legal? Um, no, I have heard of, you know the cocktail thing happening. I know that was part of the conversation in the governor's office that got vetoed. Um, I know, but some people are still doing it kind of recklessly. Um, but you know, in this time, some people are just fighting for their lifeline. So they'll rather ask for, you know, forgiveness than permission. Um, but no, I haven't really seen anything weird around here yet. 
um, which is good. I think most people are respectful of it. They know that we're given a chance to keep this thing going. And, it, it, you know, there's always those, those stupid, you know, Rickroll memes of this governor says that alcohol sales will be shut down. Yeah. That's and that was, a, that was a panic moment when I saw that first one and didn't actually click on the link right away. I freaked out and I sent a note to Danielle and said, Hey, do you have any insight? Is this going to happen in Illinois? And she's like, click the link. It's a joke. And I'm like, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I had but a couple of people reach out to me with them too. And they were like, Hey, this is going on. And I looked, I was, this, this is fake. It's fake. Yeah. That's, that, 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 that's not a joke that I can take with any hilarity mm-hmm. because that, that would really shudder a lot of us. And that's something that we couldn't even plan around. There's no way that if right now we could not produce and sell beer, I, I'm not really sure how it we would figure out around that right now, especially with no timeline in sight. So the ability to still be able to sell, to produce, um, we will follow the rules without having, you know, somebody pull the plug on us or pull the plug on the whole entire industry. Okay. So uh, I, I missed a question. So I wanted to go back to it real quick. Uh, I think uh, a Hines had mentioned it once or twice here. So he, he was talking about flagships, which I mean, kind of check one, two, but like you said, that's kind of a goal for you is to make that beer available yep. fairly regularly. So like, do you have pros and cons for Aaron or I don't know, a Heinz uh, for, for flagships versus, you know, no, regular? I think, I think what we've learned is like, there's a couple different layers with the taste room. Now, a, we want our taste room to be as diverse as possible. So if anybody who walks in here, there should be something on the menu for them to enjoy, whether it be a starter you know, person coming in for the first time, whether it be the, you know, Uber beer geek, um, or even someone who can't, doesn't drink beer. You know, we've got cider, um, we've got CBD water and sodas. Um, we got juice boxes for the kids and water. Um, so it's been a, it's been a goal of ours for the last year and a half to, you know, have, you know, a, a Belgian style, be it the wit or the half or the triple, um, to have some kind of lager on or maybe two lagers, um, and then have the, the range of IPAs and have the range of stouts and have the range of Berliners um, and then introduce some of our sour stuff too. So we're, we're very, very happy with where our program has become and where our draft menu looks like. Um, but then also I want people to come to microphone and be like, Oh, cool. Microphone check one, two is always on tap. It's always available. Bean spirit, some kind of variation of bean spirit will be available. Um, we're going to start pushing into like, I want my IPA is a beer that it was one of our first, um, but I think it's a, it's a complete contrast to all the New England styles we make. Um, so it's a good one. Breakfast at Tiffany's is a beer that's really unique and different, but kind of a, a signature microphone beer that I like to see always available. Um, and then, you know, then there's just, there's different lines, you know, we'll have the whole, you know, that one guitar line, the whole um, cats in the cradle, cat line of beers. And those are all derived from the different hops. So we've got the Citra line, the Mosaic line, the Simcoe line. We'll still we'll soon build out the Eldorado line, um, the Galaxy line, and the Nelson line. So they'll have a lot of those single hop beers. But then with the way the industry is and with hop growers releasing new stuff and you know always crazy inspiration, we've got tanks that are built to be kind of that incubator seven barrel test batch. What are we going to do? Let's try it. Let's throw something on the on the docket and, and brew it up and see how it sticks. And if it's good and people give us good feedback, like crush, 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 we'll put that up into a 20 barrel tank and release more of it. So it's constantly flowing, keeping things fresh and new and exciting here, but trying to have that diverse menu with some signature beers. 
Yeah, that crush, crush, crush was really good, man. That was a, thank you. It was a, a a good answer to what you know we've seen over the last couple of years with Hot Butcher doing the blazed orange milkshake and Chantilly from Phase Three, and everybody trying to kind of try that creamsicle out. Not everybody succeeded, and uh, that that was a really good showing from you guys. Thanks. Um, and then I don't know if you were looking at the chat too, uh, Mike, but I see Tyson was asking, "What's your least favorite adjunct to work with?" Least favorite adjunct for a long time it was maple syrup, just because it 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 was it was a it was a pain in the butt to get. You mean you know, the thing that your brand is built on? Yeah, <laughs> it was a uh, it was just a pain to figure out how to use it properly without you know having explosions and 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 having you know the perceived maple come through and and some people still don't know what they want out of maple syrup. Some people want anchomyma. Some people want sap. Some people want this and that. So it just depends. Um, but I think we've gotten a good spot with it. You know. I'm pretty much immune to it. I'll walk in the building and we'll be doing bean spirit and I can't even smell it. <laughs> I'm so like, I, I remember going home one day and I was covered in, in maple syrup and my wife's like, you need a shower. I'm like, why? She's like, you smell like a maple tree. Um, so I, I, that, that was the initial one, but now I'm trying to think, um, raisin, raisin is the one that has given us trouble. We just can't with using, I've even found like an awesome raisin, um, you know, puree, that seems to be perfect. It just doesn't come through. Um, there's really no good raisin extracts. They all just are just, they taste like pure booze or alcohol that you would never want in a beer. So raisin's been the, the one that we just haven't figured out yet. Who needs raisin? Nobody, nobody wants raisin in their beer, do they? Yeah, well, <laughs> some people want an oatmeal raisin oatmeal stout raisin. and yeah, there's some candies that have raisins. So we were, we were playing with it, but it just, it just wasn't, yeah. just wasn't there. Yeah. It just wasn't there. That's not we actually, me. we actually have a, uh, a batch so that beer that super chunky we did um after a week we all just decided that it wasn't what we liked about that beer so that actually has raisin in it so we pulled it off the shelves and we're issuing some stuff and um, we were just contacted by a distillery up the street and they asked if we had any expired beer which usually doesn't happen but with that beer they're like you know what we'll give you that palette and take it so they're gonna make sanitizer with it next week oh okay so, yeah okay so, Helping our part with making sanitizer. I got some sanitizer from 18th Street, and it's just like just moonshine on your hands. <laughs> it's like liquid moonshine. It's like dribbling water into your hands, and then it lights your nose on fire. It's, yeah, it's it's funny because I brewed with Drew that week before this all happened, and I'm like, he was telling me about the process of the distill, and then how they use the heads for their isopropyl bottles to, you know, sanitize the, the outside of their tanks when they're doing samples and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's genius. I'm like, you got to sell me some of that. And then <laughs> now here he is, cranking it out and sell it to the public. So uh -huh. it's it's pretty cool. Why the hell not, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, great. it's helping. I'm seeing it all over the country. People, at dist distilleries are doing it. So, yep. Uh, Sean, I mean, Sean is asking what like your dream adjunct is, but like like what's something that you haven't worked with? I guess uh, that you would love to. Or have you just tried um, So the dream adjunct, which we're, we're slowly getting, is the, uh, the wild Thai banana. And it, it, it is, an ex it's, it's, it's crazy expensive. Not as expensive as vanilla, but it's, it's up there. Um, and so we found a good source for that. We're just playing with it right now to make sure that we're not throwing 20 grand at a batch of beer with wild Thai banana and it doesn't do anything for us. So we're, we're playing with that right now. But that's the dream um, adjunct to use finally i know other half has used a lot of it um i know side project has started using it wakefield uses it but we haven't we haven't gotten comfortable with it just yet was the tie banana was the was that using that one where the guy pulled the gun out on the people in line at other half oh, i don't know <laughs> yeah. well it was like a banana beer that they, they were releasing that day it was like it was some sort of a banana beer i wonder if it was used in that 
Probably, yeah. Um, so then we also had uh, uh, Mr. Hines asked, uh, have, you, have you had a West Coast that you're really proud of? Something along the lines of, you know, your, your old Pliny's and yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I want my IPA is kind of that Midwest style, so a little bit more, you know, dry hopped and a little bit of sea malt, so caramel malt. But um, like this and like that, it, that's more of a West Coast nod for sure. Uh, and then Razor Weapon is kind of that 100 IBU. So if, you, if you're looking for bitterness, that's where that is at. But we haven't done anything as far as like a Pliny um, clone yet, but. If you guys want it, we'll do it. We, we, we could throw a dart at the board and see if you'll, we hit it. You'll see it. People will be looking for that. But you yeah, have to no, think I of think, a like, clever, I think clever that's name. The, that's kind of the trend is that we're seeing, you know, everyone, all the brewers are brewing a lot of lagers because that's what we drink. And we're now, a lot of us are brewing our, our stuff that we brewed five years ago with the, the West Coast style IPAs because we need to reset on our palates. Um, I'm still one who could drink hazy New England style all day long and not get sick of it. But I know a lot of people are looking for that reset. So you're going to see a lot of um, higher IBU, higher bitterness IPAs coming back on the market. So how do you feel about that? Like, could you, like, like you said, and I agree with you, I'm one of those guys. I'm an admitted haze boy. I, I just prefer to drink them. I, lo- I have dinner in the fridge. I love dinner. You know, I've got, I've got good West Coast. I love West Coast IPAs still, but, but I just prefer to drink haze on the regular. But are you going to see more like drier New Englands? I mean, is that something that, that you think is... No, we tried that. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, people tried that whole, you know, dry, um, the sour IPA type thing. Um, what was that? What was the, the one style that the guy, uh, was his face social kitchen came up with the concept of doing the like super dry IPA brute, a brute IPA. Yeah. There, right, I was right, totally right, blanking. Right, yeah. That style was supposed to be the new hot style. And it was, it was just, it, it, it did not, it did not do anything that people wanted it with. Um, so I don't think so. Me personally, I love sweet, sweet beers. Like we were talking the other day on the, the Friday podcast. Um, I prefer drinking beers up in that, you know, for the homebrewers, you know, like 10, 50 range, super, super sweet um, off the bright, off the, the fermenter. Um, but that's not where people's sweetness tolerance is. It's usually down in that like 10, 20, 10, 30 range. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, per, you know, I, I, I typically brew, what I prefer to drink. Um, and I just think when you get, when you can get dry on those styles, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't meld right. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's interesting uh, that to see that, that's kind of uh, see a brewer like yourself, a guy who's been doing it for a long time and, and has made, made uh, you made a living with like the new Englands and, and, and the big pastry stouts. But most time when you talk to brewers, they're going to be like, oh, man, I just like drinking lagers. I just like drinking Pilsner, something light, something crispy, West Coast IPA, something like that. Where you have never been shy about saying, I like, I like sweet. I'm, I love using lactose. You know, like, yep. and, and not to say, like, you, you obviously have told me, like, your IPAs don't all have lactose in them. But, but uh, it's something that most people don't admit that they like. No, I do. I, I just, I've always liked that silky sweetness. And that's, you know, that's where that comes from. So with oats and with lactose and... And then, you know, other tricks, you know, mashing super hot and, you know, using some maltodextrin. We keep that, keep that finishing gravity pretty high. You see that question Rachel threw out there? No. About, about delving into some, you know, because you guys have done maple syrup and stuff like that. So, like, like in the current time, would you consider other products like beer-infused mustards or hot sauces? Never say never. I mean, I, that would kind of be fun. I think we'd have to team up with somebody to do that. Which, um, you know, we started doing some fun relationships like that where our sixth distillery out in um, California reached out and said, hey, what if we take one of your beers and fly it out to us and then 
put it down in this in the in the still. So we've got um, Imperial smells like bean spirit whiskey coming out this year at some point. Oh. Um, but yeah, I think you know that'd be fun. Do you so, know the so, secondary value on that? What do what, what can I flip that or? <laughs> and it's actually so it's cool. So we did a full batch of Imperial Smells Like Bean Spirit, um, fermented it out, shipped it out there. I went out there and we ran it through the, uh, the still, and then it was getting put into a maple syrup barrel. So it's going to be like just layer upon layer of fun stuff. But running it through the still is crazy because you take a super adjuncted, thick, dark stout run it through the still and it comes out crystal clear, but it still has, you can taste, you know, the, the, the dark roasted malts. You can taste the maple syrup. You can taste the coffee. It's really fun to see how that plays out and works out. So I'm interested to see once it sits in the barrel, what that becomes and develops into. But yeah. I think, you no, know, doing like a mustard or, um, I, I know, um, what's the brewery, uh, four hands is doing pizzas. They worked with a local pizza company that made their, you know, four hands pizzas. I think that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. So, okay, sorry. Charlotte was, uh, was hitting me up to go on Insta Live. I must have missed it. Um, but, all right, so real quick, we talked about, we mentioned it earlier um, about raising money and stuff, and, and there's, some, there's some things happening uh, all over the place to try to help, like, supplement some of these breweries and some of those staff that has to get laid off or, or can't work right now. So yep. uh, I just wanted to announce because Pouch is in here. He's been ha- handling some of that stuff, and uh, – just telling Tyson that I think he won a CMV, won a, won a henna CMV, uh, while also donating money to a good cause. So I don't know if you knew you, you won that yet, Tyson, but you are uh, the recipient of one of Sean's uh, more creations. Before, Joe, do you want to ex- do you want to explain that whole concept that you're talking well, about for those I who felt, don't know? I'm not sure if I want to explain it. You okay, know, all right, all I'm right. trying to keep it. You know, but, all right, you know. all right. But yeah, there's opportunities out there if you uh, keep your ear to the ground to help supplement these and, and also have a little fun while you're doing it. Um, but yeah, what's funny is that like a week before, um, this whole thing happened, we did the drip in so much sauce release and, you know, part of every four pack sold, we donated a dollar to a local women's charity. Um, and that kind of got overshadowed by this whole pandemic, but we decided to brew a second batch of drip in so much sauce. We could raise more money. Um, and that's coming out this week as well. So we'll continue to raise money for that charity as well as do other things to raise money for our staff and for the industry. But we want to make sure that, you know, that doesn't go unnoticed and that those funds don't go to that charity who's in need as well. And there's a lot of charities that are currently always in need and that um, this pandemic is going to overshadow some of that, but we want to keep them in mind. Yeah, I mean, and you yourself were super generous in the cause that we're talking about by, by emptying some of your cellar out. I mean, you're traveling all over the place. You're going to festivals all over the country. You're with the best breweries and most highly regarded breweries around between beer nerds, you know, you're, you're rubbing elbows with those guys all year long. Uh, and you know, I'm sure you build up a cellar and say like, I'm not going to drink any of this shit. <laughs> like, I mean, as great as it is, it's like, how, how often are you actually finding yourself going into your cellar and cracking open a three sons or, you know, one of the bangers from Weldworks? Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. And, and, and anytime I do a bottle share, more people bring over more bottles. And I'm like, mm-hmm. stop bringing me beer. But so it was when I, when I saw what you guys were doing with the whole, um, the, the, the charity, I figured those beers would be better used to raise money for people in need. So there's plenty more. If you guys need more, just let me know. It's working out like probably too good at this point. It's probably, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if Pouch wants to say, say anything about it, uh, it's, uh, it's working out too good. If you want to unmute yourself and, and 
That's yeah. That's a trick question. I mean, that's a trick. <laughs> um, like I said, like when we started it, we we were hoping that it would get some traction, and we were hoping that you know people would like want to participate. But then it, it blew up so fast, and a, a huge part of it was the breweries like you, Mike, uh, donating bottles and like really nice bottles. So this is not turned into the site where you can go to and get into razzles like where bottles you just don't have access to. You now have access to every single night. You know, so it's a it's a, it's a little out of control right now. <laughs> we may have to start a spinoff, like uh, you know, a support group for it afterwards. Because yeah. these guys, we we put a hundred spot up, and boom, it's filled in seconds. It's yeah, it's, it's great. People are just, I mean, people are just being super generous. Yeah, I mean, like, what did you guys raise for workforce week one? Like five grand, six grand, six grand. It's insane. Yeah, so that's in that's one great. Week. Yeah. yeah, and and Brando could not have been a better beneficiary. I mean, Jesus, the 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 appreciation that Amanda and him showed, you know, for just even being considered for it. Uh, this week we're doing uh, sound growler. we got a couple uh, planned out for the next couple of weeks after that as well. So, so, I mean, we're, we knew we'd do some good, but I think it's getting a little, little crazier than we thought it yeah. was. It's good though. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people all over are trying to do their part to kind of help chip away at this thing. So hopefully, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this, this industry, I guess. Indeed. When people like Mike Palin and Brandon Banbury are sending us with like uh, hand carts full of cellar beers that they, that they want to donate. It's, it's, it's really easy to get people to excited to raise money. Well, what's crazy too, is you have people winning and then right away going, I ah, just keep it relisted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like, really? Uh-huh. That's amazing. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Just keep on bringing the money in for the people. Yeah. Anybody else Mike, got Mike. any questions or anything? No, everybody's chilling. Mike, you got anything else you want to cover before we let you get back to your uh, brew day work day? You got, yeah. Pete, you got Pete and Paul back there. Uh, no, it's, away. Uh, Kyle. It's just Kyle and Paul and I today in the back. Okay. Rocket, rocking this Sunday service. So a, r- a rare Sunday brew day. Yeah, yeah. We're making uh, that ring ding dong. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we're about to make our own little punch bowl here for us to enjoy during the day. Um, but no, we got. You know, we're just gonna, we're gonna keep rolling as hard as we can right now through this time and um, keep trying to supply you guys beer. And we got dripping so much sauce this week. We've got flagpole citra this week as well. Um, and then uh, another barrel aged beer coming up in a few weeks is the um, icky thump. So the collaboration we did with the brewery, um, but the first time we used their Portolo coffee, this time we're going to use the Mostra coffee from California. So that'll be super exciting. It's been in Heaven Hill barrels, and we just got the analysis back on it. It's at 13.68%, so it's our strongest barrel-aged beer yet. Um, and we're going to let the coffee in the barrel shine on that one. So should be uh, another fun release. And hope. Oh. Uh, how important? How how much did that the whole four fifty thing play a part in like getting your beer tested and sending it away to? Did you say Rev or Goose or somebody's Goose Island? Yeah, Goose, Goose Island. Is- yeah, I mean it, it definitely did. I mean, in order to have a um, a dealkalizer or an, um, an alkalizer uh, to measure that, it's it's an expensive piece of equipment that you are not going to find at a, a smaller brewery like Microphone. Um, but there are the bigger breweries out there who are always willing to help. And people don't understand that. Like as much as goose gets a lot of flack for, um, you know, being sold and bought out, they're still our friends. There are, there are buddies who are, you know, in this game for the right reasons. And 
they have helped microphone out a, a ton, be it selling us barrels or barrel racks or analyzing our beer for us. And so we, you know, we bring them down a sample and they run it through the machine and, and send out the full analysis for us. But yeah, it was just something we didn't do and we didn't really, you know, think about doing all the time because we were, we were pretty happy with our results, but we're like, let's, let's just start seeing what's going on. And so we actually sent down not only just some of the barrel aged beers, we sent down our overfruited Berliners to see what we were doing and we're, we're there with them. So we're like, we know our process is legit and is, is, is doing it how it's supposed to be done. We've always calculated how the fruit is going to ferment and how the fruit is going to dilute the beer. Um, we don't backside fruit and we, you know, we always ferment our fruit out. So that's why they're not, you know, you know, fruit smoothies. Um, but we just, we, we had, we, we wanted to go down to goose to get that, you know, insurance to make sure that we're doing it right. And with that too, when the analysis comes back, it'll tell us our pH and a few other um, analysis that we know if our beer is going to be, you know, spoiling fast or infected or whatever. So it's been just a peace of mind for us at night to know we're doing the right thing. Now, do they, is that something where like, Hey, you know, we have a certain fee you charge or it's like, come on in, use our shit. Like no fee, no fee. Yeah. Even like the, I think it's the university uh, or, uh, one of the Illinois universities are, um, I forget which one it is. They'll, they'll do it too. Their lab is wide open for all the breweries that are part of the guild. So anytime you want to bring them stuff down, they'll, they'll run it for you. And it's, you know, it's science for them. It's research for them, but then it's, you know, real results for, for us. Yeah. Real world, uh, results right there. Yep. Um, it, it just, uh, I don't know. I guess one last thing I've always, I've always taken from, uh, from you guys, you, you kind of almost touched on it on the early days when you talked about microphone early days. Uh, first of all, I did watch all the bar rescues once I, once I <laughs> epic, epic bar builds. Yeah. Epic bar builds. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. The, Aaron, Aaron, uh, the, the Heinemann brothers and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you see your boy, Mike Palin in about what five, six episodes they did. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty much, it was, I think we were in every, I was in every episode, just not in every segment of every episode. Right. Right. This yeah. is like, this isn't, this is like a good time to go check that stuff out when you run out of shit on Netflix. Like, yeah. Oh, Go to YouTube and type in Epic Bar Builds and go go see a young Mike Palin traveling through Louisiana. And uh, Fitz. Fitz. Fitz is in there too. Beer Me Fitz. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know who Beer Me Fitz was until uh, until I, you told me about this guy. Yeah, and he's actually rocking a microphone shirt in that show. So that was before a bunch microphone of people wearing microphone stuff there. Yeah, yeah. It was before we actually like officially started five years ago. I think it was six or seven years ago that show was filmed. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. Reality TV is a grueling process. It is yeah. not fun at all, but, uh, um, really we got to meet some really cool people and we got to, you know, grow as a group meeting me and Fitz and then Nick Segura, who's on the show. He's the one who built the bar, Nick and him and his wife do all my labels. So like a lot of good stuff came out of that show for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember uh, just watching and seeing like break room shirts and microphone shirts, like the old, the, the OG stuff. And then oh, yeah. seeing fits in there is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, that wasn't actually the point I was getting to, but just the story, the stories that you and Kyle shared of your time at Hubbard's, wait, wait, on <laughs> Hubbard, I guess, at Unane. Yeah, Unane, yeah. Jerry, like, 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 do you guys ever just look at each other and go, Jesus Christ, man, look where we're at now. And then yeah, that was your three in the morning, whatever it was, you know, going to Chicago, brewing, uh, yeah, driving it, beer. It wasn't a safe area too. I, there was a security guard across the street and I remember pulling in at 3am to, to package that day. So we were, we once slap shot, um, folded and closed up. We moved our tanks over to Unane. Uh, Jerry was going through a, a weird time with, um, Unane and, and his distributor and so he let us come in and, and start brewing out of there. Um, 
And then we would go down there and literally like Kyle and I would brew twice a week and we would package once a week and we would get in at three in the morning, um, run the, the, the bottling line, do two different batches and then fill both vans and then go out and distribute the beer. Um, and it was, it was just, it was, it was wild. It was, it was running gun and it was insane. But uh, we, I remember pulling in at 3 a.m. one morning and the security guard at the new condo across the way, across the alley was like, what are you guys doing down here? We're like, oh, we got to work. He's like, get the fuck in the building. Do not stand outside right now. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, those aren't fireworks you're hearing. Those are gunshots. And we just had to take care of somebody just down the street. I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it, was a, it was a great time. And I'm, you know, Jerry and I are both forever indebted to each other for what we both were able to do out of that building. And, uh, you know, and then he got Hubbard's cave going out of there, which is great. Um, and now we're both up here in the suburbs. So it's, yeah. it's one of those, one of those moments in our lives where, you know, microphone kind of bounced around from slap shot to Unine and we finally have a home up here, but you know, Jerry was kind of on that same track and, and now he's, now he's got another new home, which is awesome to see. And the saddest part about this, um, this timing for Jerry is that he got that brand new, beautiful location yeah. open with a smoker shut down right away. Yeah. He's got food. Like, oh, if you can, if you guys can go order his barbecue and go buy beer from him to go. Cause you know, he, he's got a lot invested in that new space and, uh, you know, I know, we are all struggling, but I can't imagine what he's going through with that, with that new space. So yeah, well, from I'm hearing the, the food is amazing. So, so go get some, uh, some burnt ends and some rubs or ribs and, and enjoy it. Rubs are fine too. Everybody likes rubs and ribs. Yeah. He yeah. should start selling some rubs. Right. Right. Soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah, He will. Well guys, thank you. I mean, Mike, thank you for taking the time to do this. I mean, this was an experiment and I think we did okay. I don't think we, I don't think it was too, too bad once it's all recorded. So uh, I'll throw it up and, and let cool. some other people get a hold of it that couldn't be around at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. But uh, thanks for all, all you guys that stuck around. If anybody has any questions real quick before they want, they want to throw them in the chat or I can unmute everybody. Uh, everybody can be unmuted if you want and you have anything to say but first and foremost thank you mike and we'll be out to support you uh we'll we'll keep we'll keep buying that shit make more dance make more dance more teleport or uh <laughs> well teleport teleport and base can are both in the docket right now yeah. um dance was you know just brand new so we'll bring that one back around but uh, yeah we love making those fruited berliners all the time so we've got that and nature's candies on the schedule so they'll all come back and then we got right, a lot of a lot of cheesecake beers coming up. So for those of you who like the Sounds cheesecakes and the strudels, we'll do those. But guys, thank you all so 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 much. I mean, this is awesome to to chat with you. And these conversations, even though they last for an hour or two, feel like they could go on all day. Um, and your continued support is keeping us going. And and the energy and the vibes are are just making me get out of bed every morning. So I cannot thank you enough. But once we get back to normal we're gonna have we're gonna have a blast hanging out here together so i can't wait for that day to happen so yeah me too thank you i can't wait for this so somebody's got to throw a miniature festival or something i yes. don't know something something's yep. gotta it's gonna be a huge uh when everybody gets out of the house uh so yeah i mean it might for you guys like th this this group of people that stuck around all day and and people that popped in and out i'm i'm sure we'd love to see more like microphone virtual tastings i'd love to see you and pete and, and you know whoever just hanging out having a beer uh, you know, mid shift, after shift, during the brew day, whatever. I mean, we'll we'll jump in and talk. If you if you want to organize it, we'll make ourselves available, buddy. Okay, sounds good to me. Well, thank sounds you guys. Good. Thanks everybody that hung out. I'm gonna end this bad boy, and I'll see you guys all on house party. Uh, that's the hotness right there. Jump on house party. Talk to the people. Thanks, Mike. All right, later, everybody. See you thank guys. You. Yes. Thank you.